August 16th, 4.41 p.m. She was actually at work when we recorded this episode. <laughs> um, so in the beginning, you could actually hear a little bit of music in the background, but it's nothing overbearing or anything. It goes away after about, I think, five or six minutes. Uh, if you guys are enjoying the show, please go ahead and leave me a like and a review. It helps me out a bunch. And I really enjoyed her perspective. It's not often that you get to hear these t- points of views from people. So yeah, uh, NSFW, go ahead and enjoy. Yo, Jackplex, answer the fucking phone, dude. currently doing a combination of like brothel work and escorting work but i've done some porn in the past as well as working in melbourne as an escort and doing brothel work there as well so can you tell me a little bit about how you even got into i guess you can call this adult work in general i'd always had a real admiration for the confidence that i think a lot of porn stars and strippers had and just how they had such elegance with their bodies so i really got interested in that and decided to just start doing a few tours and everything of different strip clubs and brothels and i just found a place that i really loved and so i did a trial night there and just fell in love with the work i love how open and honest people are they're a little bit more vulnerable in these situations in ways that they don't really display in their day-to-day because you can be a bit more honest especially when you don't have any clothes on and everything and doing such an intimate act job has attracted you more so in the sense that it brings out a bolder side of you yeah absolutely it's definitely helped me to grow as a person be a lot more confident but also a lot more firm with my boundaries it helps me set those stricter lines and really feel comfortable in my day-to-day life and knowing where i stand on things and it's been really fantastic were you always a confident person i used to be a fair bit shyer and i think i was more of a people pleaser in the sense of like i would let my boundaries get pushed around a bit more but it's definitely something you can't really stand for in this industry but it's been finding that fine line between still being polite and like happy with people but also knowing where your own lines stand why is it that you think that you had this issue with boundaries was it something that occurred in childhood that might have affected you later on in adulthood or were you just always like that i think yeah it was just very much being always raised to be like friendly and polite towards everyone but I often confuse that with being too friendly. I've done like a lot of customer service and everything, so you get really drilled into, you know, the customer's always right type perspective. So it's a lot about trying to find where that line lies between them. But I think it was a combination, yeah, of just trying to please people when I was younger, as well as just the general workplace environment. Did you work in customer service in the sense of like food, retail? Yeah, um, I was in hospitality for a while doing bartending, waitressing, uh, management, all of that. So it's, yeah, I got quite used to more handling people in a more professional way than perhaps we do in here where it's a bit more relaxed and easygoing. Tell me a little bit about the first time or at least the first instance of adult work. Tell me a little bit about your headspace that you were in going into that first day that you can recall. I remember being really nervous because with so many other jobs you're explicitly trained on what to do and there is a degree to which it should be rather straightforward but because it's straight into it there's no real 
lead up to it. You don't get to know them. You don't get to talk to them as much first as you might at a bar or with a partner or something. So I was definitely yeah, just really nervous about how to lead straight into things, especially when people expect you to kind of take the lead in the room. As bit, and yeah, when it's like their first time and everything. So that was a bit jarring, but I found once I got into a routine, now I can really comfortably take control in a way, even when they want to be the more dominant one, it's still just guiding more so than anything else. Over time, I'm assuming that you were able to kind of build upon this confidence more so and more so and more so. Yeah, it really was something where just through experience, I have really been able to build up that confidence and even like leadership and everything in terms of just being able to manage a situation and multiple people because I've also done some work in management at like brothels and everything so it's a lot about keeping an eye on a lot of different things at once but being able to balance it in a way that I suppose hospitality didn't really require where that's a little bit more of a broader spectrum but very specific things whereas this one you've got so many different moving parts at any given time keeping an eye on safety on boundaries as well as making sure that they're having a fantastic time and then enjoying yourself as well and, I, and it's interesting you label it as like work yes because a lot of people yeah, see having sex as such a passionate act that they can't label it because I feel like when you say the word work for some people they may interpret it as something distanced that makes sense like for example I would say in the case of let's say Steve Irwin he would consider his work to be very personal to him work that was very very near and dear to his heart and then we also have at least in my case where I work at a restaurant and I do not consider my work to be anywhere as close to near and dear as my heart as I would consider the strings of episodes that I'm putting out. So I guess the question I'm kind of building up to is when you discuss about work, is it something that's personal to you or is it something that's kind of distance for you? That's, yeah, I think it, in terms of what I do, I do have more of this Steve Irwin, I suppose, approach where it is I'm very passionate about my work, but in terms of, I guess, translating the intimacy to my personal life, it is work to a degree where I am just coming in, doing a job, and you have to remind yourself that, where sometimes you have incredible times with clients and other times it is a little bit rougher, so you're going, you know what, I'm just here to provide a service, and it isn't so much about really enjoying it as much as it is, like, this is a job, I'm getting paid for it. You just almost go through the motions, whereas other times you can let your guard down, just really embrace all the beautiful sides of the industry. Have you ever found yourself getting emotionally attached to a client? I have formed friendships with them, but I've never really found that I could separate that into more like a romantic thing or anything like that, just because we do put on a persona to a degree. I try and keep mine very close to my personality, like natural personality, but it is at the end of the day, we are hiding a lot about ourselves in terms of like our personal names and our locations and everything. So there's that degree of separation where you always have that in the back of your mind. As much as you can enjoy their company and enjoy spending time with them, it's almost like having a really fun regular that you can joke around with in hospital hospitality or something you might like them but you don't want to translate it to anything beyond just when you're seeing them there have you ever found a client getting a little bit too emotionally attached to you it is quite a common issue in the industry where we have to walk that really fine line where some of them do fall in love with you or project these feelings of what they believe to be love onto you because they don't have that affection they don't have someone kind of looking at them with such care or such affection. So they do come to these places to find that. And sometimes it can be confusing for them. So I have been proposed to a couple of times in the industry. I've had several tell me that they love me and that they want to save me from the industry, but 
a lot of that is they fall in love with who you sell to them not so much to you that's a very interesting premise the the idea that uh, they're going to quote unquote save you from the industry i feel like that has a lot of a lot of ideation behind it if you know what i mean how do you feel when yeah. people tell you that they want to save you from the industry i find it difficult because i think when they say that it almost implies that i'm not here by choice the industry does have its issues there are instances where people fall into it because they're in desperate need of money and it's really heartbreaking when they don't have another option out but for myself i'm in it because i love what i do and it just is something that when they say it, it almost makes me feel like they don't respect that i just enjoy it and i'm here because i want to be but rather that i'm this damsel in distress kind of thing and not the confident person that the industry has taught me to become and so i guess this is um, a question that i've been wondering about more so in my own personal research do you think at least in this coming generation it's also i feel like an important thing to keep in mind that one of the driving reasons for the creation of the internet, which is wonderful because, I mean, as far as I know, you're in an Australia and we're able to communicate seamlessly um, because of Absolutely. it. And one of the driving forces that created this, I would call, form of digitized consciousness is actually porn. And pornography has been a driving force behind much of humanity's goals, I would say. Not necessarily porn, but things that are sexually related. And so as we have come upon an age where men in particular are able to access hundreds if not thousands of videos of said intercourse. Do you think there's going to be issues with that in terms of the general uh, men to women relationship? I think it does depend. For some people, porn, they can respect it as what it is. It's an over-traumatized version of reality where they can appreciate the people doing it and just I guess the best way I had someone describe it was it's the same way that you kind of watch a sports game where it's like you watch professionals do their work and you can enjoy it but I think some people almost translate or they learn from porn and they try and translate that into real life and that's when the issues occur where they expect women to look a certain way or do certain things and the boundaries become a bit murky like or the waters become a bit murky with that like where they'll see men in porn kind of like smacking women or choking them and that's great porn and some people really enjoy that in their personal lives but it definitely pushes some men to just try it without having that discussion first and just like checking in about those boundaries which i think really complicates things and it's difficult especially even with anal scenes where they translate so seamlessly from vaginal penetration to anal but then in real life that's just not really how it works you need a lot of lubricant and i think it yeah you know, I think the thing that kind of like boggles me slightly with it is, you know, these the, the reason why sports, the reason why porn are such big things is because I feel like they're, once again, driving goals amongst the shared general yeah. human condition that, you know, you play sports, you get a sense of, I would say, glory. Yes, yeah, so you get a sense of testing yourself. And once again, with porn, you get a sense of or getting rid of like that sexual satisfaction. I guess it's something to wonder about and something to consider moving forward in, in different generations. Do you find that there are often men who consume porn often in your in your work i think it more comes down to like what they see is often like i think daily is pretty normal where someone might um pleasure themselves like once a day or something but there are certainly people that come through with like a porn addiction or a sex addiction that's when it becomes really detrimental how accessible it is especially with the rise of OnlyFans and everything it's become something that with how much it's at our fingertips it becomes too available so they start seeking out more experiences and it becomes really costly to their lives and 
end up having to make other sacrifices and I think it's just a bit rough trying to walk that line. At least in your observations, do you find there to be a proper way to walk that line just yet? I don't know if I'm too sure of it because I think it comes down to that addiction line which I'm just not too familiar with myself and it's difficult about people recognizing when it's something that they can just consume and enjoy versus something that they depend on where it's affecting their ability to pay rent or something like that when they're spending so much money towards this or they can't put it towards other goals in their life because it's just another factor that they have to put into their budget every month. Kind of going back to that same sentence where this man said that he wanted to quote unquote save you from the industry. I mean, I find that personally to be a weird thing to say, but in that same <laughs> sense, um, do you see yourself always remaining in the industry or do you want to move on to other things? Yeah, I'm currently studying full time. And so this is definitely something where I can make enough that I can save for a house while studying. And so I'm very fortunate to not be in a position that a lot of students are where the whole joke about broke college students trying to afford to pay rent whilst also working a part-time job or something whereas this I get to set my own hours and I make what I make like I don't get paid if I do no jobs but it pushes me to work harder but it also means that I yeah have that freedom to yeah pursue my own goals and I'm looking at getting out of the industry once I complete my current degree which will just be in another couple years so it's something I'm also walking that line between being too open about what I do and then restricting my corporate opportunities. But. And so what is it that you're um, studying? Um, I study a Bachelor of Medical Science specializing in forensic mortuary practice, which is not the sexiest thing to say to my clients. So <laughs> <laughs> I usually try and keep it a bit vaguer because I'm like, I don't really need to be talking about corpses at the same time when I'm servicing you. You have a fascination with death? Yeah, um, I grew up in the US but moved down here when I was quite young and I've got dual citizen so I had a lot of family that were hunters and they were really big into taxidermy. And for me that interest in taxidermy morphed into one into anatomy and it was more about wanting to explore things and pursue that curiosity whilst not risking hurting anybody. When you're working as a doctor in a hospital or something, you know, you've got to make the correct decisions or you could be taking someone's life into your hands and I just don't want to be putting anyone at risk whilst I can still satisfy my passion and my respect for them and everything that they've done. So in working the forensic side of it, you're trying to uncover the cause of their death and I feel like it's just trying to bring a little bit more justice to the fact that they passed. What do you think happens when you die? For me, I'm not really religious, so I find it more just nothing. But I think that's also kind of peaceful because it brings you so much choice. You get to appreciate every moment that you're alive because you want to make the most of it with us not knowing what happens afterwards. It's about appreciating the day to day. You know, when things are rough, you know that everything to a degree is of your own making where you can choose all these different pathways and try and really embrace the opportunities as they come. Do you think about your death often? I wouldn't say it's something that I think about often. I've considered it briefly, but it's more so if I'm tossing up on taking an opportunity or not and going, well, you know what, I might not have this chance again. And the way I see it, I'm not going to have that opportunity again ever. So why not just do it? With this degree, you kind of want to take it in a, uh, a sense where you're going to be able to study people who have passed, who have been hurt or, or murdered in that sense to figure out who did it or what happened? Yeah, um, so with my degree, I'm looking at going into forensic pathology or something. So doing the autopsies and just trying to uncover the stories behind people's passing. Um, do you have any um, thoughts on law enforcement overall in Australia? In Australia, I think they're 
better than what I've seen the American police to be, but I think they are a little bit more stigmatized just from personal experiences with the industry where they're fantastic when it comes to day to day, but when it's industry related, they get very touch and go. And I think they've got a lot of reservations towards us. They're less quick to act on situations where we need them. And so it's something, yeah, it comes more about trying to normalize what we do. After all, I'm American, so forgive my ignorance. <laughs> I failed to even ask or wonder. I mean, it has to be legal in Australia, right? Yeah, so it depends on the state to state, but the two places I've worked, brothels are fully legalized, as is escorting. Um, in terms of it, so the main difference I know is in Melbourne, we quite openly advertise brothels. You've got neon signs, like we'll just be very upfront about it. Whereas up here, we either can have like the start of our name or we just have a number. So the place where I currently work just has the street number on it but it's quite large so that's how you really identify the brothels here yeah up here it's also a little bit more lax when it comes to doing things like private escorting or running one whereas in melbourne they have to have all this licensing and very strictly documented and once again you've already said that the police in australia tend to stigmatize people who work in brothels yeah in the sense of they are less quick to respond to calls i've only had a few instances at some points the police have been very quick to come in and just address and de-escalate the situation situation but other times kind of terrible we had one where um we'd call them and said like look there's an assault going on can you come down and like help out it was just between a couple of the girls though and they actually called us back an hour later to check in and we're just going what what happened like why didn't anyone show up like we've dealt with it but this shouldn't be how it's managed but other times when it's just been a client's made threats towards someone they've been there very quickly to just handle things and address the situation really calmly mm -hmm. and you know speaking about the incidents you know is there a particular moment at work that kind of sticks with you or still affects you generally generally there is one that always stuck with me it's just a client that i had for a while we always got along really well and spent just a lot of our bookings chatting and one day he came out on a day they didn't usually see me and he told me i've got nobody to tell but i just got my permanent residency and that just it was rather heartbreaking for me that he didn't have people in australia to celebrate with but i was very touched that he felt close enough to me that he could come in and share that information that i could celebrate with him that he did get his permanent residency in australia because it's such a challenge to get that and there is also that hospitality aspect to to brothels too that, that you know, i feel like a lot of people tend to forget about where it is also if done properly almost a healthy um client to customer is that how you call it yeah yeah we call our customers clients Oh, I'm okay. not sure why. It's just an industry term that I picked up. It could be a healthy employee-to-client relationship. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people tend to kind of gloss over every time that you get booked. Are there some people that just book you strictly just to just to chat and do other things? Yeah, I've got um, several regulars that want to spend the vast majority of their time chatting. It's rare that you'll have someone that comes in and just wants to chat but a lot of them do come in and book for several hours at a time and might spend a quarter of their time or less actually focusing on the more traditional aspects, like the sexual aspects of things. And a lot of them want to cuddle and talk about things that are going on in their lives or just about idealizing this relationship for a future kind of thing, but they can also respect that it exists within those walls. The more and more that I think that I know myself, I find myself to be quite a particular individual in the sense that, not that I get annoyed by people easily, but more so um, <laughs> if somebody says something I disagree with, I want to keep them at a fair distance. 
um, on certain things, I'd say. Not necessarily everything. There's a lot of things that I think it's very fair to disagree on. There are certain things that people may do or, or certain acts of like rudeness or, or, or lack of kindness that I think just turns me off towards a person in the sense of wanting to interact with them. And so have you ever had anybody that's just rubbed you the wrong way that has booked you? I've had a few, yeah, that have done that. It's a lot of them usually coming in and almost degrading the industry. They'll either try and tell you that you're not doing enough or you should be doing something else or I had one the other day who came in just to brag about I don't know if she was real or not because he kept switching between like ex-girlfriend ex-wife to then like current girlfriend who apparently worked in the industry and made a lot more money he's like well you know you should be doing that instead and I was going you know I'm really happy with what I do I'd rather that you aren't giving me career advice for something that isn't something that I'm really interested in pursuing. It was a lot of unsolicited advice I find really rubs me the wrong oh, way. Oh, unsolicited advice? Oh, oh my God, that rubs me the wrong fucking way every time. <laughs> Bro, that shit gets me hot every time, every time. So how do you deal with these people? Do you kick them? Are you able to kick them out or deny them service? Yeah, so especially if it's when we first meet them, because we go and introduce ourselves first. If they do something that really makes me feel like they might be a issue in the room i can't deny them there otherwise in the room i usually just set like a firm boundary and be like i'm not comfortable discussing this if they really push it i'll give them a warning go look if you keep trying to bring them up i'm gonna leave and then yeah i'll walk out we tend to walk out more when it's either like a danger issue or if they explicitly want services that we don't provide or they don't want to pay for the services then we can walk out but we generally try and give them a couple warnings but i'm not afraid to walk away if i don't feel comfortable in the situation anymore have you ever really had any dangerous incidents only a couple that i would say i was fearful during but they're more people that keep boundary pushing and when you've gone to leave they try and physically keep you there by like grabbing you and trying to be like no i won't do it again but you've gone well you've gotten a couple ones already you know at this point you've passed you won't do it again but generally i'm quite fortunate where i haven't really had it that we do have like panic buttons in the room so if we push that then like a massive alarm goes out through the building i've never had to use one of those and i mean of course I, it seems as though you feel very confident in the security provided at your at the establishment yeah i know that both um the management that's on who does security as well as like the other women here are more than capable of handling any situations that arise and we've all got our toes back and i think you had brought up earlier too about how you have a balance between personal work life and then also this this corporate life that you're sooner or later going to be how do you find yourself balancing that i am cautious about the images that show me in the industry that are posted online i have been to a few like adult award ceremonies so i do know i've been photographed there and i've consented that but i think it's also about balancing how many people actually get to see that aspect of it and the risks where it's going yes there is an audience there is a chance of it being seen but respective to other things is it really that common i think especially with things like doing porn where my face is out there but only fans has very much normalized a lot of that which i think makes me a lot more comfortable with it where it's going they could find me, but because I don't have like my legal name tied to it and everything, the amount of effort they'd have to do unless they just came across it accidentally is definitely a lot more effort than I think a lot of them would invest because I don't tie it to my social media and I don't really have much of a social media presence. I could advertise a lot more, but that increases my risk. Does your family have any thoughts about the work that you do? Yeah, um, so my family isn't completely comfortable but my extended family like aunts and everything are very proud of what i do they think it's empowering uh, but my immediate family is more mixed in a more protective sense it's that for them sex is very intimate act that you do with your partner so they can't fathom doing it with someone else but then 
um, they also are just worried about the strange people that come in and that might hurt me or something. Do you think that this type of work has affected your worldview in any way, shape, or form? I think it's changed, I suppose, my perspective on certain cultures, which sounds kind of awful, but I think it's given me an insight into how they traditionally view things. Me a little more cautious at times where I've realized in a lot of areas, sometimes like bargaining is very popular and that's something I hadn't known before. But it does mean that when approaching those situations, I have to be kind of prepared to handle that just because of the sheer number of people that have done it. But I found it also gives me more of an appreciation as I get people from all different backgrounds and I get to learn a bit more about them and what's normal. Like I was talking to one gentleman about how he has bison farm up in India and I just, to me, it just seemed wild to have bison just so normally but i guess it's kind of funny in in, in the sense that i don't think that you should feel that at all i I think i think you had said um you feel weird about saying that you're gonna encounter or that you observe differences in cultures i think you said something along those lines yeah i don't think so at all because i mean it's a very eye-opening experience in every way way in sense i mean after all um regardless about how it is that you may want to view sex as something as very intimate or something that's very casual there's there's two extremes to that but in regardless i mean at the end of the day i mean you're going to be getting naked so in that sense yeah. um, there, there, there's a degree of shared experience and in that experience you do learn a lot about a person and you know one person one thing that constantly influences humanity is you know culture it's 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 what makes us a big part of us human you know so i think it's yeah quite interesting and it, it it's almost funny in a sense because you get to kind of like learn pretty i guess in a sense like quickly you get to not like necessarily skip to learn about their culture but it's just presented to you in a little bit faster way, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. It's something, you can see snippets of it in your day-to-day, but these people are very passionate about talking about their backgrounds. So you definitely get more exposure in more depth, in, yeah, more condensed fashion.